Good morning, everyone. Welcome back to Maker That Money podcast. I am Pooch of Repcord. With me today, uh, as always, my partner in crime, Mr. Andrew Mayhall of 3D Gloop, and our special guest back for his second time on the pod, Mr. Chuck Hellebuck. Chuck, good morning. Welcome back. Good morning, guys. How's, uh, how's good things? Good morning, Chuck. Afternoon, actually, for me. Yeah, I guess so we just crossed the <laughs> the afternoon threshold for Chuck on the East Coast. So, uh, coming at you by coastal this morning. Uh, greetings, everyone! If you're joining us uh, in the in the chat, as always, good to see you, Mike. Uh, uh, it's always nice to see. Never let the machines win, and uh, mm-hmm. all of other friends out there. Today's topic is negotiating and we're gonna get to that that's a that's a meaty conversation man there's a lot (laughs) lot to cover uh there but of course a little housekeeping first uh for those of you who are new to the podcast maybe listening back after the fact we record this every friday just about every friday uh at 9 a.m pacific live here on the youtube so if you want to engage with us you may certainly do so via that chat uh that live chat on youtube we also have a call-in link above for anybody brave enough to uh want to to have their voice heard on the podcast uh as well so we always welcome that uh and uh i'm excited for today but before we get into the the main conversation we have to do our our normal thing which is Embrace the power of positivity and talk about the wins for the week. Everybody uh, in the chat, as always, share something that was awesome that happened to you, uh, some progress you're making on a project, something of that nature. Andrew, uh, I'm going to put you on the spot first, and then Chuck, you're up with your win for the week. Let's go. All righty. Well, um, I guess win for the week uh, for for us is uh, we're we're tuning in um, some new products and uh you know uh one of those being uh you know a bed adhesive for uh low energy uh low surface energy plastics like polypropylene and high density polyethylene so making some headway um good Good, (laughs) yeah yeah so So a little bit of a teaser we'll see that (laughs) on uh on your packaging uh some someday soon then huh well it'll be uh it'll be its own new product so completely um, but it's yeah, yeah, it's uh, it's been a a long a long term project, <laughs> as as most of these things are. Chuck, yeah, tell us what your win for the week is, my friend. Oh, uh, win! I finally got this little circuit I've been working on for a while. You'll see it in my video released hopefully later today if everything goes as planned. Um, and what so is that for that, people that, that are a... that are listening and don't have the the advantage of seeing the little chip? That or, well, I couldn't visually identify it anyway. What what does this thing do? Well, you gotta tune in and find out. <laughs> oh, <laughs> oh! So it's a mystery uh, circuit board. Uh, Chuck uh, is holding up. Filamentfriday.com. Check it out. It, it should release later today. But uh, <laughs> no, it basically uh, it it helps you monitor heat creep. Ah, very oh. cool. Well, Chuck is notorious for coming up with these great little gadgets that make our 3D printing experience better. Uh, and it is a little bit, uh, let's 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 just dive right into it because there is a little bit of an elephant in the Going room. Going right in. <laughs> Anybody that's been following along uh, uh, this week on Twitter 
uh, knows that there was some some drama around one of your other electronics projects, Chuck. Uh, that was the um, the bed leveling board. And first of all, before before you even go into that, yeah, he's showing it now on screen here. Just tell people w what it is and how it makes your 3D printing life better. Uh, basically, the beginner tries to use the paper method, and it's how much pressure do you feel on that paper? And it's it's hard to explain, it's hard to show. So, so what I did was uh, we're getting a little, little penny. It is, but um, the LED when it just turns on will tell you when you got the height as you're adjusting your board. You go around each corner and decode that comes with it, and it'll help you level the bed and get a good level. Um, so that was the purpose of this, and it was just to, you know, to show people that you can get a level level bed using this electronic device. And the popularity of it, I didn't really I originally plan to sell it. The, the popularity, I got so much requests, like, okay, we'll put it out there, and it's been extremely popular. So yeah, um, it's awesome. helped a lot of people. You look at the reviews, it works really well. So that that's the device in question <laughs> cool yeah so um, so sorry for real quick sorry to interrupt chuck uh it seems like we get a little bit of a warbly connection between you just so just to reiterate uh this bed leveling board is a really slick device that just uh helps you basically um get a better level instead of having to use a piece of paper or something traditionally where you get a much more accurate reading uh when it makes contact with this thing so go check it out you, you sell it on amazon do you not Yes, it's sold through my business partner on Amazon. I like this, fully assembled with the end cap. Um, doesn't rely on the battery to try to balance it. It's And then there's G-code. Mm -hmm. That's uh, the barcode right on the box. Download the G-code. You put down the SD card, and it really just steps you through. And Beautiful. the feedback has been really positive. Talked a lot of people get their first bed level on their first 3D printer. That's fantastic. Awesome. And, and you know, the reason we talk about wins every week is I think that it's important to have these wins, and especially in 3D printing where there are a lot of variables in getting a good quality print and a lot of frustration. And this is the, – the bed level is the foundation of your print. Mm -hmm. It is the most critical – you know, thing. And so the fact that Chuck has, has invested his his time and energy in developing this is actually great because it gets people that win more quickly so that they have the confidence to keep moving forward and 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 keep experimenting and keep working with their 3D printer, not get frustrated. I, I know when I first got started, I there was a lot of frustration around figuring out even when I got all those points level. You know, we're, we're mm -hmm. dealing with cheap stuff where the bed itself was warped. And, you know, oh. there's and we've come a long way from those times, obviously. So mm -hmm. the the drama that I was referring to, um, I'm sorry, go ahead, Chuck. Well, I'm just going to say that the, the number one feedback I get, because my channel is basically about helping people get started, especially with these low cost machines. The biggest effect still is they have a hard time getting a. A good bed level and people would quit through printing they're so frustrated so it, it's, it's right. about selling a product and more about helping the community and helping people not get frustrated and stick with 3d printing right that really was the gist and that, that the drive behind that module and a, a very uh, you know important aspect of the whole thing so obviously the the mm -hmm. you know community certainly appreciates your your efforts in that regard uh, the, the, the drama that I was alluding to was, uh, obviously anytime you have a great idea like this, there are going to be those out there that want to, you know, copy it. There's, there's competition. We are all aware of the fact that, 
you know, uh, anything that you make that is worth doing will ultimately probably be copied, right? And so that's not necessarily, competition is not necessarily a bad thing. But the drama comes around the the way that that happens and the approach of all of that and the messaging and stuff behind it. So maybe you can speak to a second. There was a there was a couple companies actually, but the you know, big one that the was focused on was one called G Tech out of China um, that cloned your design without talking to you, consulting, and we'll get into the questions about patenting and all that stuff that are in the chat as well in a second, but. Is that is that the gist of it? It was basically somebody just took the design and, without permission, duplicated it poorly. There's the key. Poorly. Um, mm. th this is. There's other designs out there. They're even. They're even worse. But uh, <laughs> can always, can always be worse. <laughs> well, there's one out there. It's got a battery hole. so so tall. It. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> level on a ramp you know okay have you ever used one you know and and uh but but at least they put effort into making their own creation you know where the the one in question the one that's really blew up was the the one that copied you know everything as, as best they could um but but the thing is what people don't understand is they gonna call it switch and led big deal right it's a it's a light bulb it's whatever you want to call it, but the, every little component of electronics comes with pages and pages of specs. Sure. And it's going through those specs to figure out what key parameters are important or not important for an application. I mean, if you just, if you want to say switch in LED, you know, a laser level is a switch in LED, a, a, a lamp on a car is a mm -hmm. switch on LED. I mean, it's just, they're different applications of the same thing, but it's, you know, and that's exaggerating a bit, but the whole idea is that it's how you use it. And so what I did is went through all the different specs of different components, trying to get the right ones to work together. And in the process, we, because of the COVID and everything else, we had two different components that end of life on us. So we had to go find another one. So mm -hmm. there's a lot of work that went in behind the scenes you to get something chain. that I could repeatably get a good bed level i even did videos showing the accuracy because people question how can you get that with a switch you know and so i i showed mm -hmm. that that you know and i didn't detail the specifics because that's part of the, the ip that my business partner wants to you know that's how i sold the idea that they would help me build this thing because mm -hmm. i can't i'm a youtuber you know yeah so so um, all that becomes part of the negotiation, <laughs> which, you know, what this was referring mm -hmm. to. So, so all that goes into it. Yeah. Um, and, and so to come in and just copy and say, oh, you know, we'll just copy it. And, you know, it's easy. It's a switch and, and LED. I can tell you by looking at theirs without even playing with it, it's not a work. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you'll, you'll get the light, light to come on, but you'll go around the bed and you'll come back to that first point and you're going to be like, wait, why is this not, why is it giving me a different reading? Why am I, why am I not getting a constant level through here? Yeah. Mm -hmm. It's because you didn't, you don't understand the details, you know? So, right. so you, you did a poor clone and then never talked to me before you released this to the public, never said, Hey, I got something maybe a little better. Do you want to, you know, with us or or maybe we you know want a little help could we hire you could we maybe license, license whatever sure no it's, this is a company that i've worked with in the past that i've mm. helped promote i've never taken a dime of sponsorship and they just basically 
leapfrogged me and and yeah. it sold through third parties and blasted the 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 world with this poor quality i mean now it's they're, they're giving away fill, spools of filament and throwing one in you know so it's like yeah. they've diluted the whole mm-hmm. concept in many ways and and i took it from a community point of view, if if someone in the community or business like this is going to do that to some, oh, did we lose? We can't oh, understand no. it, you know, because we yeah. we got to work together. Well, they did it to an influencer, <laughs> and I'm I'm not. I've been I've had design stolen before. I'm not going to shut my mouth. I'm going to fight back. Yeah. So, so that's well, that's where it all starts. Let's uh let's let's dig in for a second on the the you know the big question that's out there around the patent piece, right? And t- maybe you can speak for mm-hmm. a minute. This is not a this is not a patented design, and even if it was patented here in the U.S., it's not a, a Chinese patented design. So there's there's obviously we've we've had conversations about patents, trade secrets, and all of this stuff. What is your comment yep. for that, right? Because there's that which is what we would consider ethical, and then there's that which is legal. So it doesn't necessarily mean that they're in a kind of legal breach, but it's certainly not acting in good faith and certainly not being a good member of the community. What's your what's your feels on this? Yeah, I mean, it's, <clears throat> the patent does not stop this from happening. Right. I mean, all it does is give you a, a basis to work from. you got to spend a lot of money up front by your lawyers, um, and then once, you know, someone does copy it because they will, uh, it just gives you a basis to hire the lawyers and pay more lawyers and, you know, fight it again. Yep. And, and, <laughs> and so I don't have deep pockets. My business partner doesn't have deep pockets. We didn't see this as, you know, a huge money. It's not a huge money maker, Yeah. you know? And, and so it's like, I, if I got to pay for lawyers and patents, you know, it's like, okay, then <laughs> it's never getting off the ground. So we knew at some point we would get clones and, and we're, we're, we believe in our product and, and that it works and it's better. And um, even gone copyright, you know, so uh, we, we do what we can, but we never felt we're on an island like this. You know, you can make something. Mm-hmm. Um, but the, the biggest the biggest thing that got me with this is it was someone within the community that I've worked with before that I've helped promote and didn't even have the respect for everything I've done for them in, in the past yeah. to just mm-hmm. do this. And then, and then not only just make one, but make a lousy version, <laughs> sell it to third parties who it's now it's flooded the market. Yeah. Um, beginners are going to get a hold of this, be frustrated by the results they get. They're going to, they'll blame me and my design don't work, you know, and, and, <laughs> yeah. and, and, uh, mm-hmm. and, and we're back to square one where they can't get a good bed level, you know, and, and it's like, wow, you, you just took us backwards. And, and if you would have called me first, you would have talked to me, we could have worked on something, yeah. Yeah. but they went so far down the rabbit hole now that it, even when they, they contact me after I complained there, there was no, there's no real resolution because. I just, yeah. I don't see a, don't see a path forward. You can't put the, huh. so I, that's why it's, and not just for me. I, I just, I mean, I can take it. I, I don't, it's not that, you know, it's the yeah. profit. If I have to lose the whole thing, it's not a big deal, but it's, it's the idea that someone in the community could come up with something really cool. And, and then I got to worry about this stuff being stolen like that. Mm-hmm. And, and why all people won't do it you know they just we won't see the advancement and and that's when it all dies well that's, what, that's yeah. my, 
what's what I feel like the interesting story. First of all, I'm sorry this is all going through you, and I, I, I you're all going through with this, and that uh, it's particularly bad because, like I said, this is not just a company out of nowhere that just decided to clone you. Like this is somebody you've worked with before, and it feels like a particularly, you know, terrible stab in the back in some regards. But um, the the story as I see it that I find interesting is that. Um, we've talked before, Andrew, about, you know, patent is only as, a, as good as your ability to defend yep. it. And in a lot of ways, if you do Absolutely. not defend it, you lose your patent there too. So it is a very expensive yep. road to go down and it doesn't necessarily mm-hmm. protect you from this. Uh, if you do not have the means to do that, what I'm really interested in about this story, and it's unfortunate if you don't feel like you're going to come to a resolution, but it is obvious that you have made waves and it is obvious that there is uh, uh, an effectiveness to pressure campaigns within the community, especially something as niche and as tight knit mm-hmm. as the 3d printing community, where it, I hope it's going to make manufacturers like this think twice about uh, doing stuff like this, because this is absolutely going to have an impact on their bottom line. Um, mm-hmm. Whether it's no, enough to put them out of business or whatever, you know, like that, that's a whole different story, but it's, it's not good, especially considering how many people in, in the, in this community are their customers. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm not looking at I mean, I didn't start this, you know, I, I didn't look for this. Uh, <laughs> um, you know, I'm just, I'm trying to help people level their bed yeah. and, and uh, you know, if there's another one that, that works or, or maybe better, you know, it's like advanced the technology. Okay, um, I didn't open source it because it. You know, part of it's because of it's simplicity, and but part of it is because I then I have to share some key characteristics that I worked really really hard on. And, and it, when we thought about it down the road, we may open source it. Yeah. Um, but there's other ideas I'm working on, maybe to improve it and things like that. So, so we always knew this was a possibility, and we're not against it. We're not, but. But it was the way it was approached, and yeah. and like I said, someone I had mm-hmm. worked with helped and, and, and promoted and product, and I just I, I felt, you know, if you do that to me, who else are you going to do it to? And so I had to speak up, yeah, and I, sure. I, didn't, I didn't expect the backlash that I saw. It, yeah, I do that to fire up the troops. I, I'm I'm humbled by it, you know, um, that they would think enough of me to trust me and, and know that I'm not trying to do anything evil here i I don't want to see i don't want to see this company go down but but the whole idea is that don't do this to people don't do this to people especially in the community you know and and Mm -hmm. and, uh and certainly don't you know don't hurt the technology that's going to help get us grow let us grow get more people involved Mm -hmm. and that that ultimately what frustrates them frustrates me the most that's a you know well said and we could go on on this i mean i know this is a bit of a digression from our main topic uh but there you know there are some components that i think we can you know learn and grow from on this but uh um you know we'll be watching to see how it develops and i i think it is good that you spoke up and i think your points about you know not diluting the 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 thing that's unfortunate is there are there would have been a million better ways to go about this that not wouldn't necessarily have been that costly to the company or you know mm-hmm. anything if the conversations were just had unfortunately there's you know that's just not the way a lot of people think to do business and that's unfortunate um that that, that we end up here but let's let's if you want to number one it's number one rule yeah. It, it's the number one rule of what you what we're really talking about, what the topic is, uh, negotiation. The number one rule, 
is communication. If yeah. you don't open up communication, if you don't have that relationship for communication, you're not going to have good negotiation. I mean, that's, yeah. that's one, you know, if, if, <laughs> if you come in and car, use car salesman trying to sell you something right away, you back away because, you know, he's just trying to sell you something. But if that used car salesman were to come in and say, how you doing? <laughs> yeah. What's going on? You yeah. know, you, you're looking mm-hmm. at a car. Okay, you know, and eventually, you know, maybe, maybe you don't have the car. He, he don't have the car you're looking for, but at least he's developed that relationship, at least initially, even though deep down, you know, he's trying to sell you a car, but sure, that's how you sell. That's how you start. That's how you, you are successful in business negotiations that I've learned is first have that relationship. And when you don't follow that relationship, mm-hmm. when you don't communicate, when you try to you know, go around things. That's when negotiations and things like this break down. That was a mm-hmm. masterful segue, my friend. Like, just jumped right in. I mean, I couldn't <laughs> have was, done that. It was better. perfect. <laughs> I could not have done that better. Step one of nego- we're just diving right into negotiating. Per Chuck is one hundred percent. You should. You should make videos, Chuck, and have a YouTube channel. Um, that is so on point, guys. Like, like having that rapport, having that relationship, Andrew. When you're going into nego- like, give us some of your, you know, feelings around when you're trying to establish a rapport, getting involved in in negotiating things you need. What sure. what is your, you know, starting point? Sure. Um, well, so I, I think I think before I get into that, um, first and foremost, there is a an amazing book on negotiation that I have read and listened to multiple times. Mm. And I, you know, it's, it's something that I've, I'm constantly doing because there's so much to learn from and that's called never split the difference. Um, it, it's a, it's a fantastic book. It's a, you know, I, I think the name is our, the author is a Chris Voss. He was a former FBI negotiator and mm. oh. there's so High many really good details. Wow. <laughs> yeah. So many good details in there. And, you know, he basically breaks down what it is to be a good negotiator and how you start, you know, going into these negotiations. Like, what is the end goal? Uh, Primarily, the the first thing with with anything is, is have for yourself a clear, defined goal. What is your yes? Because ultimately, that's what you're going to get to. If you don't even know what you want, you can't be a good negotiator. Um, Yeah. You know, so, so that that's rule number one is figure out, you know, just, you know, get, you can have rule number two. Chuck you... had rule number one, which is establish communication, okay. <laughs> which is sure. Is well, so yeah. the communication part comes after, you know, what you want, but okay. you know, okay. we'll, we'll, we'll go with that. Well, not we'll, for we'll say rule number two is yeah. know what you want. <laughs> no, I think that's, you I know. think that that's a, that's a very good point because think about how many people you come in uh, to a negotiation with and they're either, nego- they, we, we, we can even get into like, don't negotiate with yourself, you know, don't like, yes, obviously knowing what you want and understand the communication of, and what are they asking for? Right. Like that's the baseline. Mm-hmm. Like, what are we even talking about here? Right. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Yeah. So we've established a line <laughs> of communication. Fantastic book recommendation, by the way, I'm going to check that out. Uh, and I'll, mm-hmm. I'll throw it, remind me after where I'll throw it in the description for anybody that's interested. We, we, we've been slowly talking about putting together a repository of, of, uh, valuable resources. And so that, that could be a good one. Um, mm-hmm. so, so Chuck, I'm going to bounce back to you here. Um, 
the we've, we've established communication. We're we're trying to figure out what we're talking about. So you know what you want. Now, how do we find out really what this other guy wants so that we even have the starting point of where we need to be? Well, that's that's why I said that communication is so key with the you know, used car salesman. You listen. You know, you talk. Mm-hmm. You listen. And, you know, even if you know what you want, you may talk and listen to them and you find out they don't have what I want. Or if I get what I want, they're going to really lose. And that can be just as bad. I mean, mm-hmm. you can win, but if you win and wipe out the other party or put them in a bad position, they're never going to negotiate with you again or, or anyone else per se that knows them. So it's, it's, you've got to be, you know, have the human aspect to it too, is yeah. it's got to work for both parties. And you only learn that by communicating, by, mm-hmm. by learning what, you know, what it is that they're looking for. And if they're doing it too, they're asking you questions. It's, you know, the, the, the person coming in says, you know, do you, do you have warranty with your cars? Do you, you know, give me, what's the history of your, you know, mm-hmm. your shop here? Mm-hmm. Should I even be doing business with, with with business with you? You know, so it's it's a back and forth, right? You're just feeling each other out, and yeah. Um, but mm-hmm. deep down, yeah, you know what you want, and, and you do need to know that going in because you, you can't learn it on the way. <clears throat> but but yeah, to me, that's still it comes back to communication and and listening. Listening is so mm-hmm. absolutely. So, so the things it. the things I would add to that, or just to distill it down, uh, obviously, are. Um, the uh, patience and time, give it, you know, space and the, the mutual respect and discourse. Cause it's going to, it's going to take a little time to, to know who you're dealing with, what their style is, feel them out. And, and you, your point is so well mm-hmm. taken too, that you have to understand that they're trying to get something out of this too. And that, you know, you, there are tons of <laughs> history is full of examples of negotiations where one side got too much and it ended up just destroying the entire thing right so it has to be sustainable to some extent and if this is any mm-hmm. if this is somebody that you want to potentially you have to know is this somebody that you potentially are going to be doing long-term business with you know you need to build that rapport and that trust and that relationship and and know that everybody's going to have to give a little bit right i mean that that mm-hmm. is that is the key to i think knowing that you net it out to to a good deal because a good deal isn't always about the win in the here and now Right. That's very short sighted. Mm-hmm. Like if you're patient yep. enough to realize that I am way better off taking the time to understand who this person is, what their needs are so that we can long term hopefully have a relationship. So, you know, the example, like if you if you find a company that you can find a win win with where maybe you don't want to be producing these that you might want to focus on product development and all this stuff and get to a point where you find a partner that can take it to scale so that you can focus on the things that you want to focus on. And that can be a win-win. Maybe you're not getting to keep as much profit yourself, but they get a little bit, you get a little bit, and you get to focus on the things you like and offload some stress and all sorts of stuff. So the long game is the thing Mm -hmm. that so many people miss, I feel like. And it just depends on what we're talking about, right? Sometimes, you know, you have to understand, are you in it for the quick hit or are you in it for the long haul? I don't know. (laughs) <laughs> Who wants yeah, to yeah. jump on after that? <laughs> well, quick, quick, you know, quick. I think. Go ahead. Go ahead. Go ahead. 
Well, no, I was I was just going to, you know, kind of elaborate on on what Chuck was saying is, is when when starting negotiations, um, you know, one of the successful tactics uh, that uh, is really talked about in this book is learning how to mirror um, and make the other person feel comfortable. So listening, as Chuck was saying, having that communication, uh, the biggest thing with with negotiating is literally just learning to be an active listener. Mm -hmm. uh that that means in learning not too. to talk you know and <laughs> and use silence also effectively let them tell you what their problem is or let them tell you what their goals are and you sit there and listen and you digest this and you mirror this and you create a comfortable atmosphere by by basically kind of reiterating what they said and and playing to their empathy um and and getting it to the to the next phase of the actual negotiation process mm. where you're actually starting to label what it is that they want um now this is you know primarily heavy in like maybe you know hostage negotiation where you're you're understanding where they're coming from and you're labeling oh so it seems like you you're doing this because of this or because of that and you're going through this process this can help in, in any negotiation where it's like, you know, what could we do to resolve the situation? I have taken this design and stolen it from you, Chuck, and now I'm selling it and you're, you know, quite unhappy. So now what it is, is you going to the table, asking them, listen, how can we resolve this? Uh, you know, this is this is a big issue now because it's now impacting my bottom line because, yes, I was the one in the wrong here. But now I've got to negotiate and figure out a way out, if you will. That's a terrible um, and, place to be you know, trying to negotiate from, right? Because you're automatically mm -hmm. a bad faith action as a as a first, exactly as a first line, mm -hmm. which is never a good thing. Yeah, and and you've you've essentially you know the they've essentially kind of violated this this idea of of being you know in that good faith where now it's like they they have this problem of of trying to you know win you back um you know or you know stop doing what they're doing but as a part of this this whole process um you know i think i think you're doing it i think you're doing a fantastic job uh you know we saw the community kind of you know rally behind you and you know they put a lot of this pressure on on this particular company and and now you know it's basically forcing their hand so uh, you know, obviously, I can't say what's going to happen, but um, you know, there there are so many different aspects in in going into negotiation, like different ways that you can go down. Um, Chuck, is that even a negotiation? I mean, you probably don't look at that as like there's anything to be negotiated. Like the, at this point, when somebody's coming back to you mm -hmm. after they're only coming to you because they need something very clearly. They're like, oh, this is we need the bleeding to stop. This is painful for our PR <laughs> and you know all that stuff. That's that's not negotiating. That's like, you know, how do we make it stop? I don't I don't know. What do you think? Well, <clears throat> again, there was no communication up front. So by the time the communication started, things were already established, and so then I could quickly assess what they wanted, um, and I don't know i could do it yeah you know, it's it, it's it they wanted from the from what i could see is, is once the community jumped on board and again i didn't i didn't post all that just to, to fire this up i i just mm -hmm. i couldn't get a hold of them directly so i frust yeah. frustrated i posted on twitter i knew i'd get a little attention but i'd hope they'd then get in touch with me and i, I i'm really humbled and like shocked by what the you know what the community did to come around but really in, in one respect it makes sense too because we're all 
potentially a target to this kind of stuff in, in many ways, stealing our content, stealing, stealing our yeah. files, you know, and, and, and everything too else. Much. So, yeah. so, so I, yeah, I'll be the poster child in this one because you know, I, I, I can take it, but, but coming into the negotiation, um, I look and it's okay. You want this to stop. I'm not the community. I, mm-hmm. I can't go to the community and say, you know, you didn't like this, change your mind. Yeah. You know, I, mm-hmm. I yeah. it's not, I, I don't have the control to do it. So no, so how can I negotiate? And then the other side of it, I'm like, okay, maybe we could work something out between me and them. But once they started selling it to third party and put it up on AliExpress, and so anyone can start selling on eBay and Amazon and everything else, mm-hmm. there's no control. I could make any kind of agreement with them. And, but, but how do I control mm-hmm. everything else? You know, so it's like, okay, you, you, there, this is the, this is where I'm at. I have a, well, a poor clone competitor out there now, which we always knew it would be there um, at some point, you know, and, and we're prepared. I'm not covered. I'm not telling everything, <laughs> uh, Let's, um... you know, so, so, so there's, you know, we, we, uh, we've got a great batch of product ready to go for Christmas and stuff in your stocking and, and uh, you know, and, and fill our Friday toolkits and stuff. But it's, but as, as, my business partner and I discussed it. We know where we're going. We know what we're doing. We're yeah. You um, do. I wouldn't have the, I wouldn't have picked a partner that didn't understand the business we're in, right? So it's mm-hmm. um, so it's it's it sucks because it would have been nice to work with them. They have a great distribution. You know, we could they could have came to us and become a reseller. We we've we've got a reseller program where we yeah. could have worked with them, but um, that's so, not the choice. And that's okay. I want to. I want to field some uh, comments in the chat really quick because there's some good stuff. David Tobin had a uh, interesting uh, comment here, and uh, Joel, uh, welcome both of you guys too. Had had some stuff too. You know, he says one of his guys, by the way, just absolutely awesome guys, best friends you could ever have. Shout (laughs) out to both of them. Uh, David says one of his top rules: whoever states the number first loses so when we're talking about Mm -hmm. negotiating there's that dance right where it's like what is it you want well i don't know what is it you want so it's like why do we why do we flirt with each other in this manner when it seems counterproductive to like the communication piece that we're saying like how do we even know what we're negotiating here when nobody's kind of tell us what they want right there there is that mentality if i if i show my hand first i don't know what do you think chuck Mm mm-hmm my, my dad was actually a really, really good negotiator. Um, he, he grew up basically almost without a dad, so he had to learn on his own. So um, he told me early on, if the communication isn't there, if you can't get that, then sometimes you do have to throw the number out. Yeah. And even though, mm-hmm. you know, throw the number out, you lose. No, it depends on what number you throw out. So, so it's like, okay, you want to sell your car. Right. And you won't give me, you know, you, you won't give me a, a a price. Mm-hmm. I'll give you a dollar. <laughs> oh no way! You don't know what. But look what we just did. We just started communication. <laughs> yeah. So so then you can come back and say, oh okay, so you think your car is worth more than a dollar? What is it really worth then? Yeah. I mean, you mm-hmm. give me what what's it worth? You know, and and it's amazing how throwing a number out, even though a ridiculous number, can sometimes get that communication going. And that's he he taught me that, and and I've used that a lot. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Can work it can work but the, but the goal is to get to use that just to get to the communication because it's you know you don't put a real number you put a ridiculous number out. 
Right. And, and mm-hmm. so well, that, laugh. And, and that's, that's the thing. <laughs> if you're really negotiating, nobody's throwing out the real number, are they? I mean, but there, it is a tactic and Andrew, maybe you can comment on mm-hmm. this or you can add on to what Chuck said. It is a tactic to just be like, I'm not, this isn't a negotiation. This is my best and final. Mm-hmm. Right. And I'm just going to, I'll yeah. put that out there. Because that is literally mm-hmm. like I don't want to waste time with this. Uh, that is a tactic. Mm-hmm. I don't know. What do you think? There's no. Yeah, best you know, <laughs> there's no. Best there, there's many different ways. There's many different ways I think to to do this. And in many cases, um, you know, I think I think we as we as people, we we want to be you know able to negotiate. But I think more importantly, what it comes down to is is being heard by another person. Mm. Um, you know, because a negotiation is is quite literally a conversation with another person about an intimate matter. And, you know, whether it's, you know, negotiating a pay raise, whether it's negotiating a sale of a car, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it's 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 about being heard by the person, you know, that's that's, you know, either in the position of power or, you know, in the position who's, you know, making that that offer or that sale. Um you know, I, I think that, yes, the general rule of, you know, don't don't be the first to, to you know, make the first offer um, makes a lot of sense in many cases. But I do think that there is merit to saying, hey, this is this is where I'm at. This is kind of my best and final. I, I don't think that there is truly a best and final. I, I agree with Chuck that, you know, everything does, again, lead to negotiation because we're all people, like I just said, and we want to be heard by someone else. Mm-hmm. Um what I found, though, in most cases uh, that that's helped is is when when doing any sort of negotiation about anything, you know, like purchasing or or selling something uh, or, or or trying to get something for a certain value, giving them a very specific number works way more than just giving them a round number. And well, I think the reason why is is. It gives them the perception (laughs) that you've put thought into this. Yeah. So, you know, I want exactly, you know, $255,372. Just whatever number, Uh, right? I like that. Okay. And, and, you know, while it might not, you know, it might seem a little silly and people might see right through that. I think what it instantly, when you're thinking like, well, that's an oddly specific number. Why is that, that, that specific, Mm -hmm. Um, Mm -hmm. you know, and then it kind of, it changes the tone of the conversation a bit, Um, you know, instead of just like, oh, I I want $250,000 or whatever it might be. Um, and generally speaking, I also think that if you are forced in a position where you have to make the first, the first offer, you're going to, you know, want to go over, right. You know, like I posted the, the silly little meme, you know, before this was, you know, I want five wishes, you know, and it's like, okay, we'll take four, you know, it's, you want to, you want to get more than what you're wanting. Right. But you have a number that you would be happy with. Um, so, you know, don't, don't start there because then it's always going to go down. Let's back up a second, Chuck, and I want to ask you what your thoughts are on this. But one of the things that occurs to me is, is as a society, and I'm talking about like American society specifically here, I would say that we have a tendency to not or negotiate. That a lot of our society is either afraid to negotiate or just you know we we look at things as like, well, that's the price. And is that? One, do you believe that 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 is the case? Because I've traveled other places in the world and where just like everything is a negotiation. What you go down to the to the market and you're constantly negotiating over the price of apples and all that stuff. Like, so how do we give people some tidbits in terms of like giving them the confidence that that negotiating isn't necessarily a bad thing and that you're not going to hurt people's feelings all the time? And but it's how you go about it, right? 
What do you think? I think it's a generational thing. Wow. Um, there was a tweet that uh, Samantha put out how the different generations communicate. I saw that. Sam Snyder, shout out. I, yes. I, I responded, my, my first choice is face-to-face, -face, which wasn't, you know, she said boomers, you know, want to pick up the phone or whatever, but, um, and mm -hmm. I'm not sure she understood what, completely what I was saying, but uh, my generation and even the generation before me, uh, we didn't have social media. We didn't have, we couldn't hide behind a computer, you know, so to speak. You had to either physically, you know, call on the phone or go see them. Mm -hmm. um, I grew up with a, with a family. My dad did flea marketing. So I grew up a 10-year-old kid. I was negotiating. You know, I didn't pay. You don't pay what they're asking, you know. You know yeah. you and, and so, but that was common. You know, that was common as a kid. That's what we did. And it's now, now you know, everyone hides behind. The, I, I don't, I don't want to sound derogatory. I don't want to sound like an old man, you know, it's, it's like, um, it's just that where we are now, it's that I do the yeah. same thing. You know, I hide behind my phone and everything else. We are hide behind a camera and talk to people on YouTube, but, but, the, but it's, um, it's the face to face really, there's so much you can get out of that. You can read the body language. You can read the reaction. Wow. You can see the, you can see their environment. You can see where they're coming from. You can see there, there's so much that tells you that you know. Negotiations outside face to face is, it makes it much tougher, mm -hmm. and and it it takes away to me some of the human aspect of it, and that's. I would say that to me that was lost in I, today's. I, mm -hmm. I agree. I, w I agree with the caveat that I would say you're right, except for the the big missing piece for a lot of people is even the ability to read the body language, like people's ability to play. And this is a sweeping generalization, so don't crucify me over this. But I would say like <laughs> one of the major disconnects because of the way that we I wouldn't say hide behind camera, but we reach out through cameras and social media in a different mm -hmm. way is we've lost the ability to read context clues and a lot of body language and and you know mm -hmm. gesturing a lot of the the things that aren't being said right so the mm -hmm. we, we are less of a student of of the human condition and our our tendencies than we've we've done and so we've lost a lot of ability to communicate and some might argue that it's better because it's like well let's just why are we messing around with all these games why can't we just be direct about it be, because it's just i mean it doesn't work that way yeah, we're human and mm -hmm. we don't we don't work that yeah. way. We don't throw out the final number. We like we we know that you're going to want to come out lower so I have to start higher and you have to start lower and hopefully we you, ride you up something in, the, in between. This thing you don't you don't necessarily know that. You, you if you mm -hmm. are really communicating, you may find out that they're they're more than willing to just take you you're going to take this off their hands. You know, you mm -hmm. thought you were going to pay so much and you know the car salesman's like my boss told me I got to move 10 cars this month so it's you know yeah. You didn't sell mm -hmm. price. So it's it's yeah, I mean there's always gonna be a price, but it's but it's basically it's it's knowing that communication. That's why I love the you know the the face to face, the the maker space or, or maker fairs and uh you know the, the earth and murph mm -hmm. and, and all that because now you get to see the the people you watch, you get to, to see the people you see hear and read on Twitter and stuff and get to find out who they really are, what they're about, you know, what what makes them excited what you know it's that that is that's just 
there's so much value there. My God, yes. Cameron can't catch. I mean, we we tried <laughs> to cover that last week. Yeah, I mean, that is so spot on, Chuck. Because think about like mm-hmm. the all the crap that we see on Twitter and all this stuff, and people throwing out accusations about all this stuff who have never met, yep. don't know this person at all. And you mm-hmm. may as well be a Russian bot or who, whatever. Like we have no context <laughs> and all that stuff. And we get drawn into all these like stupid things without even having an understanding of the person to begin with. Right. Like, I don't know how many times you've tweeted. I'm like, dude, if you even knew me at all, you would, yep. you'd realize how ridiculous that is to say. And that is why I make a point to try to mm-hmm. make myself available for face to face and understand who I'm dealing with and be, that is such a critical component of actually being a member of a community, right? Is actually mm-hmm. like being there at some point. And I know that's not practical for everyone. That is a hard thing, but it, it changes the entire perception and, per, you know, impression that people have mm-hmm. when it's like, oh, there's a real person behind that. And so I think that, that that's also a big part of the value of doing live streams and like letting people see your face and not just being mm-hmm. an avatar Absolutely. and some text, right? You, yeah. you know, there's... There's actually kind of a rule behind, you know, this this face to face aspect. Um, And this is something that that has has stuck with me my entire life, because, you know, I've uh, I've actually gone through a, you know, a behavioral therapy Um, for many that don't know, like, you know, I'm on, you know, the, the autism spectrum. And when I was younger, I had to go through a lot of cognitive behavioral therapy courses and in learning that there's actually there's there's this pretty interesting well-defined rule it's called the 73855 rule uh and what that means is is that seven percent of the message is actually based off the words that you're saying 38 percent comes from the tone of voice and about 55 percent comes from subtle body cues like body language it's very Uh, specific percentages Yeah. And so, so, (laughs) so, you know, for, for those that are, that those that are happen to be on the spectrum, what ends up happening is, is you're not able to pick up a large portion of the, that rule set, like 55%. Uh, And, you know, part of, you know, like as, as I grew up as a, you know, as an adolescent into my teens, like I had to train myself to look for specific cues facial expressions, Mm -hmm. ways that people interacted in order to try and understand because that stuff didn't naturally come to me. Um, But, you know, as, as Chuck was mentioning, we, I feel like we've really lost a lot of that face interaction with people Mm -hmm. with the advent of technology. And I think that we're seeing kind of this sort of change, this, you know, um, paradigm shift, if you will, mm-hmm. of of basically, you know, having to relearn how to either a negotiate or b just interact with people. Because as you were mentioning, Pooch, you know, just like if you even knew who I was, right? Yeah. You know, um, like in person, and, and there's that whole missing connection. I think, um, you know, with, with today's you know day. It's funny because if if Chuck's rule number one is communication. And you, what mm-hmm. you just said, you know, about the percentages, like we're already negotiating from a, a major deficit when a, only a small fraction of that mm-hmm. communication is able to come through. So I would say if we're going to throw up rules like rule rule number two or three is like find a way to f- get to face to face or find a way to maximize mm-hmm. the communication potential beyond the nonverbal. Um, mm-hmm. Because yep. so much of that subtext lies there, so much of the understanding you know, it's, it's a Sun Tzu, like, know your enemy. The, you know, you shouldn't really view them as an enemy. But but that mm-hmm. is such a big part of 
you know, getting to where you need to be. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Well, for example, for example, if a particular company that's giving me grief um, would have been at more Merck's and we could have talked and we could have got to know each other, would the same have happened? I have doubt, may still have, but I have doubts, but um, that that makes negotiation easier. It makes communication easier. And sometimes it's, it's, the communication can be there and you don't want nothing, right? Mm-hmm. You just like, I, someday maybe I want to sell, you know, rep boxes, you know, doesn't mean I come to you and negotiate. Come. I may come and get, <laughs> no. <laughs> I get to know, I get to know Pooch in the rep box and, you know, whether he pushed me off a cart or something, but you know, <laughs> not bitter, not bitter. I had to throw that in there. I'm gonna, but, but, yeah. the, uh, but it's once once I have that relationship, you know, I, I we get along great. We tease each other. And, and I could easily see us, you know, doing business at some point. And negotiation would probably be easy because we know where we're at. Mm-hmm. We know what we want. We have, and, we have respect you know, for each other. Yeah. Group. You know, sure. I spent a lot of time with the, the group guys, right? You know, we had dinner and, you know, I know mm-hmm. you're model and your history and stuff it's it's a totally different approach absolutely well um, and it's a lot harder guys i mean let's the, it's, this sounds completely stupid <laughs> but it's a lot harder to stab somebody in the back when you're face to face if it was as, it, as, it as funny as that sounds right <laughs> but it's like you wouldn't say that to my face you're, you're not you're not here and if you see like who you're dealing with you're like so see the mm-hmm. person you're dealing with rule three see them yeah. you know however you best can <laughs> um I want to I want to touch on something, uh, and then we'll take some more chat uh, uh, comments and stuff too. But I, I brought up earlier on the the notion of negotiating with yourself. Are you guys familiar with the term oh. <laughs> and and what that is and why that happens? Because I'm I'm guilty of that, and I definitely have thoughts on it. But I want to know if you guys have ever found yourself in that situation or or been negotiating with somebody else that that has and what you do. Hmm. But you talk about preconceived notions, right? Yeah, preconceived notions or, you know, a lot of times for me, it's like it goes back to what Andrew was saying is like people that negotiate are the negotiating with themselves don't mm-hmm. know exactly what they're asking for. Right. They're second guessing themselves mm-hmm. a lot of times because you're almost overly concerned with, am I going to offend this person or, you know, if like I throw this out here, you know, and so that's a unfortunately it's a sign of mm-hmm. weakness in the sense that y- you come across as a disadvantaged negotiator when you're mm-hmm. well, you know what? I want 10. Uh, I'm, you know what? 10's a bit much. Maybe it's eight is eight. Does eight sound better? Mm-hmm. Like, are you asking yeah. the question of the other person? I mean, you've come so, across that. I know you have. I, I, I oh, personally go oh. ahead, Chuck. No, no, okay. <laughs> so, so I personally feel like where this comes from is, is, the inability for one to take the time to actually go through the negotiation process. I see it most of the time happening with, you know, you're trying to sell something secondhand on a marketplace and you have it listed for a price. And then someone message you, what's the lowest that you'll take. And then you'll throw out a number, (laughs) you know, and then now you're negotiating with yourself at a position of weakness because, you know, let's say you had it listed for 50 bucks and then someone's like, well, what's the lowest you'll take. And then you'll say, Oh, okay, I'll take 40. And then they'll be like, well, will you take 30? And it's like, well, now you've already knocked off $10 of your price. You've already now in a, at a position of weakness. Yes. And I think it's because you're just trying to short cycle this. Like you just want to hurry up and get to the number. And you know, so yeah, it, what are we talking you don't about? actually give, 
yeah, you don't actually give it time to go through with that. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. You know, uh, Chuck, do you have anything to add, or maybe you have a different experience? No, I mean, I've, I've, I've dealt with that. Um, I think it still comes. It comes back to step one. It, mm-hmm. You go into a negotiation with communication first. If if you mm-hmm. if you're negotiating with yourself like that, or preconceived notions, or what you got to get, or um, you put yourself at a disadvantage because you didn't listen. You didn't. Mm-hmm. You're in your head. They're saying stuff. And you're not listening. You're there in your is. head. What can we do? What can I do? You're having a negotiation in here instead of with the other person. It's like, well, why have the negotiation? Why don't just you know pick your lowest number and say give me that or walk away? You know. But it, so the idea is that if if you're doing that to yourself, walk away. If, if you if you if you sense oh, that oh, oh. you're 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 nervous. You're whatever, you know, just make an excuse, you know, oh my God, I got to mm-hmm. use some whatever, walk away because you, you, you're not in a position of, to negotiate. Mm-hmm. I think you just not. hit four and five. So the first thing that you said that is really just uh, spot on is like, I would distill it down to stop and mm-hmm. don't be afraid of the silence. So say what yes. you want. And let mm-hmm. them respond, right? Like so often, and mm-hmm. I am terrible at this because it's like I have this fear. It's tough when you're podcasting and doing all this. It's like, like <laughs> what if I throw this out there and nobody's going to answer or you're left with crickets? Uh, there is mm-hmm. power in silence, guys. A lot of power when you're so negotiating. So much power. Stop. Mm-hmm. Because now you're putting the other person in like, this, I need your response, right? Like you're, and, mm-hmm. and you, and a lot of times they can say something. And if you just sit there, and you do, you know, just look at them. You're you're gonna kind of mm-hmm. almost put them on the back foot. So there's kind of some weird little games and stuff that happen. I mean, you know that though, right, Chuck? Where it's like, you just give them that little body language thing, and then you, you see that that's when you start to see people start to question themselves. And so I'm not advocating necessarily for playing the games, but no, I mean that that would kill negotiation with me. Yeah, you if, don't you don't like you that. Go, <laughs> if we're talking, and if we're talking, you pause and you're sitting like that. My reaction is. Okay, it was nice talking to you, and I'm gone. Okay, now what if I? That's no, that's a good point. Now what if I? What if I do that and I go like this? And for those that are listening back, it, that's a me stopping and thinking look, right? So that's a mm-hmm. that's a completely different body language or indicator. Mm-hmm. I was just gonna point out. You put your you put your fingers up to your mouth. You, you put your mm-hmm. eyes in the air. I'm like, okay, he's thinking. He's thinking. I'll give him time. Yeah. Yeah, but the no other problem. move you made, what I saw you before, right. is you lean back in your chair and you stare, stared at me. Mm-hmm. You're not thinking. You're not. Him, you're screwing with me. I gave him so, both steel. See you later. <laughs> yeah, so, so yeah. what? What I call this, and I believe, I believe this is talked about in that book, is essentially distorting the other's reality, and so you use silence to your advantage by basically warfare. forcing them this is literally it that's yeah, literally yeah. it is is you're using your body language and you know this position to distort you know the other person's reality and and the idea is is that you are trying to get them to you know basically break from where they are or you know agree to your terms or you know mm-hmm. just progress to that mm-hmm. next step and that next step being getting to that fair sort of okay this is you know, now that the reality is kind of distorted this is where the negotiation actually starts where you know it's capable of saying okay this is fair or no this makes sense and and it's the back and forth where you know you mm-hmm. got to figure out who's going to hold their ground longer 
Yeah. Right. <laughs> Not a healthy place though, huh? Part of the process. Or in the process of that communication or back and forth, you assess like what I've recently done. I assess there is no, there is no solution. Mm-hmm. There is no answer. Yeah. There is no agreement that we can come to. So it's cool. You know, we, we discussed it. Appreciate the talk. Yep. I got to go because it's, it's, I'm wasting my time. That, now that's mm-hmm. that's rule five. So or, or I, I don't know. I'm th- this is arbitrary. I'm throwing it out there, but I'm gonna say <laughs> too many <five>. rules. <laughs> don't be afraid to walk away, right? So like, let's talk mm-hmm. about like if you're not able to walk away from the deal, you are immediately. And for those that follow me on Twitter, you know that I, I tweeted that out earlier. I like to allude to the conversation earlier in the week, so you get subtle clues in terms of what we might be you know thinking about, but. Um, if you are not prepared to walk away, you are at a disadvantage. Would you guys agree mm-hmm. with that? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, you can. My brother who's a salesman, he said, you can never be in love with what you're negotiating for. Because there's always, you can always get somewhere else or whatever. You may have to pay more or whatever, but you can never be in love with what you're negotiating for. Because then like you're at that. a disadvantage. I like that. And so mm-hmm. you got to be willing to walk away. You got to be mm-hmm. willing to walk away. And that's not uh, the problem is, is that can be so abused, right? You can always back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, yeah, and that's the thing. Like, I think it, it, if you communicate to the person, it's like, you know what? We can't just because we can't come to an agreement now, you know, it's like we, we have sure. to understand what is the time frame? Is this a, like this has to be dealt with now? Or, you know what? Let's just keep working at it. Like, uh, we need to take a break and step back. I think that's a perfectly reasonable approach. It just depends on what we're dealing. And obviously the bigger the stakes are, you know, if you're buying a house, mm-hmm. you know, you, you I, I, I had a realtor that said that, you know, look, the deal of a lifetime or you're, you're, you're the house you're in love with comes along once a week. You know, it's, it's, it's so easy to get emotionally attached to things and you can't mm-hmm. do that. Right. You gotta just, right. yep. You, you gotta have, give it some time and be patient. And that is a hard thing for a lot of people, but obviously the bigger the stakes are, the more important I would say that that becomes. And so, so it's okay to pause mm-hmm. and it's okay to just suspend negotiation for the time being. Mm-hmm. Rule six, mm-hmm. call it that. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> what, what, what do you, well, well, you know, go for it. If Andrew. you don't come to an agreement, if you don't come to, you, you do your negotiation, you don't, then what did you, what did you just have? You had a communication. Mm-hmm. You know, for future, which is what I said yeah. was most important as far as, you know, up front. So, you know, the next time you meet up, you've already established a relationship or communication mm-hmm. and you've got time to think, or maybe they're in a different position the next time they're willing to come down on price, or maybe you're in a different position where you can pay more, you know, you don't know, but you've already established that communication mm-hmm. and that's mm-hmm. key. Yeah. And, yeah. And, that's why that's why this whole fiasco I'm going through was just more upsetting than anything is you could have just called me, you could have emailed me, you could have done something. Mm-hmm. Just reach you out. Did what you did. Yeah. You know? mm-hmm. Oh, that's all. That's yeah. all. It, yeah. It's that that to me is a, it, and it becomes disrespect. And that the one thing that bugs me the most of all, if you if you disrespect me, I, I I'm hard to get back. Yeah. Uh, abs- absolutely. Sure. So, uh, Andrew, maybe you can talk to this too. Like the, the and I, I alluded to this earlier, uh, the fear of offending somebody, right? Like, mm-hmm. like, because we use these tactics or so like somebody, you throw out a number that's so low and the other person goes, you have mm-hmm. offended me. 
<laughs> right? And, mm-hmm. and and they threaten yeah. to walk away. So there's a lot of this crappy posturing and stuff that happens, right? Like where there's a difference between sure. walking away, suspending negotiation, and pretending you're walking away, and then somebody, no, 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 come back, come back. I was just, you know, like mm-hmm. there's all this yeah. crummy song and dance that comes along with it. W- what are your feelings on this? Well, so you know, I think I think ultimately, you know, in negotiation, uh, when you're when you're talking with you know trying to get something, um, you know, no, the the word no is incredibly powerful because there's so many different meanings to it, and in the aspect of, it's another opportunity to get at again what it is that you really want. Um, you know, so in the, in the terms of, you know, what you're saying, like, you know, being afraid of, of offending, like you have to kind of, as, as one going into negotiation, put that aside and just accept that no is a potential answer, but it's also a potential answer for you. Mm -hmm. You don't have to agree. Like, and you know, it's, you know, whether it's, you know, trying to get a, you know, a higher paying job or, you know, you go to your boss and you're like, are, are you crazy? Like you're, you know, you're not worth that or, or whatever. Like, yeah, there's some derogatory potential things there, but also at the same time, you know, saying no on both sides is a position of power for both things and allows you to, again, get deeper at what it is that you're trying to get. Like, what was that main goal? I think. Um, so you have to kind of like put that aside. You might offend someone. It it is what it is. Um, you know, it's a part of that process, I think. Chuck, what would you add to that? Uh, Um, I agree with that as far as, you know, you may, you may, yeah, you may offend someone, but don't, don't do it. Think through it, you know, don't try not to Mm -hmm. do it. But it's like, I look at, I look at, um, I negotiate every day with my, my comment or my viewers, right? They leave a comment telling me maybe what I should do different, what I should do better, um, things they didn't like, things they did like. You know, that mm-hmm. that's negotiation and it's, you know, I don't get to see their face and I don't get to, mm. to do that. But, but you know, if someone comes in like did happen to me, you know, I, I give away my, my, my latest profiles and I, I did a comparison and, and one guy went so far as to say I was too lazy to make a 0.6 profile, even though I just. <laughs> Thanks, know, guy. It. And, and, and it, it's, it's, it's something like that. I mean, if I saw that guy face to face, he wouldn't have probably said that to my face. No. But, mm-hmm. but, the, but the idea is that I go through all this work to make these profiles, to share them with the audience, and you just called me lazy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And that, you know, okay, you just offended me. <laughs> you know, it's like, yeah. Hey, I'm not going to hear a single thing you're saying. You, you're probably, you, you know, do it again. You're probably blocked, you know, because um, it is my channel, and 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 uh, I don't, I don't want to read that. You know, I put a lot of work in mm-hmm. these things. I don't want to read that. So it's part of. So, so to do that face to face, you wouldn't do it. So why would you do it in a comment? And sure. that's the only part when you're hiding behind a keyboard. So think that through. You know, when you're mm-hmm. doing something, we all do it. We all have our moments. We regret yeah. saying things. But as you're going through it, before you, in your negotiation, before you go that far, think about it. Yeah. And maybe just, just don't say it. Yeah. You know, yeah maybe, that's, a, that's a really good point. <laughs> ground rules for human decency in what you're saying to mm-hmm. people. Obviously, you know, that, that almost feels like it should go without saying. But sadly, in this day and age, it does not. So... If you don't have something nice to say, don't say it. Think about what you're going to say before you say it. All those things apply. Absolutely. It piles on. Mm-hmm. It piles on because oh, yeah. someone says it and then someone jumps on top of that and jumps on top. 
And then the people who want to say something nice are squeezed out, which, you know, is what happens in these Facebook groups and everything else. So I try to be very protective of that so I can, so the beginners, so the you know, people getting started don't feel pushed away. So they'll watch my content, feel they can contact me. And, um, and that's why I love Patreon because yeah. there I can actually, I can actually face to face if I had to, but I can one-on-one with people and I can help them. And um, yeah. that's, that's, so that's why I hit on that is think before you think before you say that absolutely mm-hmm. um guys we're, we're we're running a touch long but there was I, I feel like this conversation is good and i just wanted to take one more comment from the uh the the chat on youtube again if you're listening back on this we record live every uh, friday at 9 a.m pacific uh and it's a great way to interact with the conversation if you'd like uh vishal who may have dropped off because he's got a business to run too uh had a really really good question i want to wrap up with a business specific negotiation question uh he asks um for small businesses out there that have limited money and resources and stuff like that where you might be negotiating for materials and supplies and stuff like that chuck you've experienced it andrew you've experienced it i've certainly experienced it Mm -hmm. Um, what tips would we have for negotiating better pricing from a vendor mm-hmm. uh, out there? So, uh, Chuck, I want to start with you, and then, Andrew, you can jump on. Um, again, this comes back to communication. What is it that they need? What is their situation? Do they maybe need more marketing? Do they, they need, need more money. promotion? <laughs> what can I give that's not necessarily money? Mm-hmm. You know, if I need... I need certain things, but I can give them fill a gap that that, that maybe they're paying for some mm-hmm. Google ads, not getting the results. When maybe I could say I could do a free commercial for you, you know, a couple commercials. I'm like, you know, we'll we'll call it a sponsorship, but you give me, you know, some material. So it's 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 that point. It's it's a barter system, right? And yeah. that again comes out of the communication. Once I know, is even the biggest business has things they're overpaying for, or things they need. Mm-hmm. Or even that particular person may have a certain goal they got to hit, you know, to get their bonus or whatever. That's know a, those things by, by talking. That's a fantastic point. Like, not assuming this goes back to our cultural mm-hmm. thing. Like, don't assume. Like, there's those that out there that would say everything is negotiable, right? There is a there mm-hmm. is a point. There is something that people might want out there, and sometimes it's just having that conversation, like you're saying, Chuck, to know what those other things are. It might not just be about money. It may be times that it is like, look, I don't, you don't have anything I want. I just want, I need money for this. And that's fine. But having that mm-hmm. conversation and getting there, I've say more, more often than not, I have found by asking the question like, Hey, is there another way we can help you? Or if, if we do some social media around this or whatever, like, is there more value I can bring because I have limited funds? Ask the question. Don't be afraid to ask the question. That's a fantastic piece of advice. Mm-hmm. Andrew, what would you add? Yeah. So, you know, I think, I think ultimately for what, what's worked best for us is being honest with, you know, the, the vendor or, or uh, whomever we're trying to contact with basically saying where we are and, you know, communicating what we're doing, uh, share that story, share that vision uh, that you have and see if they're willing to work with you. Um, you know, there have been many times where when we started communicating with a, you know, packaging supplier, they were like, oh, hey, this is cool. You know, while you're not making the minimum order quantities that we would typically require, 
maybe if you grow, we could see that happen. So what we'll do is we'll offer you an ability to order outside of those minimum order quantities for a little mm -hmm. bit and we'll mm -hmm. see where it goes. Um, and that all started with, again, just being honest and not over-representing yourself. Because I think many times, like I've seen people, like they'll over-represent themselves of, oh, you know, I'm going to order 10,000 pieces. You know, um, I need your best pricing, but I only want to order a thousand pieces right now. And it's like, no, say where you are, say you hope to get to 10,000 pieces and, and just be honest, because I think that that goes so much further than, than the other way. Yeah. Um, and that's what's helped for us. That's so. that's fantastic. The thing I would add is I'm just going to mirror, I think, something Chuck said earlier in, in a way. It's, it's like build a rapport, guys, that that mm -hmm. go down. So let's let's use the case of my acrylic supplier. We buy a ton of acrylic for the boxes and stuff that we cut and, and whatnot. When I first started working with them, I regularly made a point, even though they were not close, they were an hour away. I drove down there. I met my sales rep face-to-face, -face, and I said, mm -hmm. this is me. This is my business. This is the product. I brought my pro I brought the box. I said, this is what we're doing. Okay, I am real. Mm -hmm. I'm not just the guy emailing you that you get 10 emails from every day asking you for the best price, okay? Mm -hmm. I'm a small business. We've got limited funds and stuff like that. What is it you can do? And it changed everything because mm -hmm. now it's like, this is cool. I want to, I want to be involved. I want to help this guy. Like, and, and when you're, when you're not, when you're negotiating with people that are your friends, it's, it feels less like a negotiation, like Chuck was saying, and more like mm -hmm. a, Hey, let's figure this out together. Right? Like that's yep. really, really what it's all about. And my God, is that so lost on like a lot of people, like I said, like people just don't like get off your butt go down and meet mm -hmm. the people that you're working with because you will get so much further. The other example of that I would give my UPS driver. Okay. You wouldn't think <laughs> that you're, you're negotiating with these guys at all. I spend the time to help him load the truck and talk to him every day. And I mm -hmm. love this guy. I, the, the, UPS in general drives me absolutely crazy. And when this guy retires, it's going to be the saddest day of my life. But like <laughs> he makes my life as a business owner so much better. And he elevates my impression of UPS and all the crap that they do otherwise to a completely different place. And because I have that rapport with him and like, I know about his, I know his personal life. I know his family. I see him almost every day. And I, uh, I am more than happy to give him a great, you know, present at Christmas because when I'm in a bind and I get that last minute order in that's rush and whatever, and I have to leave and pick up my kids, I know I can text him and give him the door code and say, Hey man, I got a package. Like, I know I don't have a pickup schedule, but can you swing by while you're on your route? And he is more than happy to do that. Right. So mm -hmm. a lot of times you don't even realize what, what you're even negotiating. You know, that's not a service UPS offers. Okay. It's yeah, like right. having a personal <laughs> driver, you know, and I, they, they may, I don't want to put it, I don't want to give him, get him in trouble, but I, I mean, I love this man and, and, uh, it, it has <laughs> so much bearing on our success because I realize how critical shipping is to our success as a company as well. So it's, you got to know where those, those values lie for you and, and put in the mm -hmm. work. Right. Cause I would never be able to get just ever any average UPS guy to do anything remotely close to that. Um, mm -hmm. Put in the work, build a rapport. Guys. Love it. <laughs> <laughs>
What a great conversation. I feel like there's just, we could do a whole nother one on it. I mean, there's so much to negotiating. Andrew, you got a, a great book tip. So for those of you who like reading, uh, there's probably an audiobook version if you want to listen to it. I believe so. Mm -hmm. um, being a good negotiator is so important to your success as a small business, I would say. And it doesn't mean you have to be an a-hole, you know, like mm -hmm. it, there's a, there's a respectful way to go about doing it and you yep. will save so much potential time and money and frustration over the course of your professional career by just having these conversations, asking these questions. A lot of times negotiations just like ask the question, Hey, you know, if I order this much more, if I can, what, if I can buy a pallet of this and, and we can split it up over the course of the year, can I get a better rate? Yeah. Oh, sure. Of course you can, mm -hmm. but that doesn't get offered up. So just yep. asking the questions, having the rapport, it's super critical. Uh, and, and a really, really important tool in your toolbox. So there's a psychological component, being a student of the human condition, understanding what mm -hmm. people want, how to read people. There's a lot there. It takes years to master, um, you know, but well worth doing in my opinion. Bring us home, Chuck. Absolutely. Wrap it all up. What do you think? Anything to add? <laughs> Put a bow on it. Watch Friday. <laughs> there he is with the plug. Every every opportunity. I love it. Uh, Andrew. Yeah. Last thoughts. You know, yeah. I, I think again, it just it, like uh, you know, uh, Chuck's uh, open it up with um, communicate. Uh, start that conversation. Keep that conversation going. Uh, just because it's a no now, just because it, you didn't get to a yes at this moment, does not mean that it's the end of the story. Um, you know, just just keep it, keep on keeping on. I guess. <laughs> well said, guys. Uh, Chuck, thank you so much for your time. Thank you for our guest. Please go check out his YouTube channel. He is at Chep. That's Chuck Hellebuck Electronics Project Projects projects products yeah. Yeah. or just go filamentfriday.com filamentfriday.com check out his latest video that he teased uh go buy his stuff he is a, f a fantastic prolific commu uh, communicator and contributor to this uh, 3d printing community and electronics community so thank you again for your time uh we have to do it again soon my friend uh guys in the chat thank you guys and gals uh like subscribe hit us up on the twitter let us know what you want to talk about keep uh, coming up we're having such a blast with these conversations mm -hmm. i hope you've learned something i hope this is useful if you're listening back after the fact consider joining us sometime if you can live we love having you uh be part of the conversation too until next friday everybody this has been pooch of repcord chuck andrew yep. of 3d gloop <laughs> and andrew chuck Alba. on the friday signing off uh happy weekend everybody be well be good to each other. Negotiate. Love you. Bye. And...